you ever have an idea that was so good that it should have been on a billboard and on the billboard next to your brilliant idea in parentheses the words murphy's law should have been written in gigantic bold letters well i have and i'm about to tell you a few of those ideas right now my name is phil and this is the lip hi everyone I hope you enjoyed last week's show about my attempt at competitive eating, and I do stress attempt at competitive eating. Never really went anywhere professionally, although it wouldn't have been a bad idea if I could have gotten a piece of $100,000 a year that some of the top guys make when they do that, and some of the very lucrative advertising money that comes along with it. But that was not to be. I'm here with you, talking to you about some interesting stuff from time to time on the show. And this particular show is another chapter in the book of my life of stories. And like I said earlier, these particular stories could be on a billboard. And that billboard could very easily have, in giant letters, Murphy's Law written underneath them. Because sometimes you come up with an idea that's so good, that it's too good, and or... You thought you had every single aspect of it covered. And then you realize that that one thing that would have been absolutely crucial to the success of your plan, you just completely ignored. That's where I stood on some of these stories. But everybody, there are certainly times that everybody's had situations that made them feel uncomfortable as well. And one of my stories is one that is extremely uncomfortable in a lot of ways. But, nevertheless, it's a story that I think should be told. And a lot of the people who know me probably heard me tell this story, but not everybody has. So I'm going to throw it out there for prosperity in the land of podcasts where it will stay forever and for always. Readily accessible to anybody who wants to hear my goings-on. I may seem a little upbeat to everybody, but it's only because a lot of these stories are, how could I say, not the most flattering stories as far as I'm concerned. So I'm trying to put a little bit of a positive spin on it because I think that you're probably all going to laugh about all these brilliant ideas and maybe feel a little uncomfortable about the last one. Without question, I think that um, the young dumb days certainly apply to two of the stories that I'm about to say, and the other one is certainly in recent memory, probably only about three years or so ago and that one's the most fresh in my mind and probably the one that makes me cringe the most it's one of those ones where it could have happened at any time but I'm actually very glad that it happened when it did knowing that I think to myself and say as bad as it was it could have been worse. And if you can say that about any aspect of your life, that's a win. <laughs> that's always a win. 
Nobody wants to hear that, oh my goodness, some horrible thing happened and there's literally rock bottom. There's no possibility of it getting any worse because truthfully, in life, everything can get a little bit worse. I had a good guy that I met when I was working in an auto shop who just simply had a very good statement and it's the absolute truth. I'll live by it. He said, no matter how bad you got it, somebody's got it a little bit worse. And it's really the truth. It really is. I mean, simple example. I mean, there could be a guy in jail. And that guy is miserable because he's in jail. Oh, I'm in jail. Oh, I'm in jail. Oh, I'm in jail. Well, at least if you're in jail, you have a roof over your head and you have three meals and a place to sleep. Whereas the homeless guy who's outside doesn't know when his next meal is going to come and doesn't have a roof over his head. Just a simple example of somebody who's even in a bad spot that actually has it better than someone else. On that note, it's just about time for the main event. Ding, ding, ding. Main event time. Main event time. Gather around, everyone. I'm opening up the book of stories, and I'm at chapter four. It's a very interesting chapter. I hope you're all taking notes because I do believe that as far as life goes, there is a little bit of knowledge that you can gain from all of these stories, particularly, well, none in particular. All three have a little bit of merit, and I think that if you break down and look at the mistakes that I made in each of these stories, you'll see that you could probably gain a little nugget out of it. And it'll hopefully benefit you in life. Hopefully, when it comes down to it, you won't make those mistakes. Because most of you out there are very, very similar to Kurt Henning. So, chances are you're not going to make the same mistakes that I made. Kurt Henning. Mr. Perfect. Google him. My favorite wrestler. The reason why my podcast starts at 257. It's how much he weighed. Side note. Now, let's get into it. First story. My young dumb days. I was 18. And I had one of the vehicles that I'm going to describe as less than my favorite one. But at the time, it was exactly what I wanted. Unbeknownst to me. It was not going to be in later years. But I had that brilliant plan. I had this 85 Ford Ranger. Little truck. It had a cap on it. It was blue. I believe it was the third vehicle I had in my lifetime. And I was all about it. I enjoyed driving it back and forth to work to school because I was going to Ocean County Community College at the time and I was working at a large chain grocery store all these elements relative but not relevant not relevant to the story I had 
a brilliant plan. This plan was so foolproof and it worked so well that I was going to use it for the rest of my life. Yet again, an example of my young dumb days, not quite realizing how stupid the plan was. Didn't really think it all the way through. Let me give you the logistics of the plan. I had my truck and I was living with my mother and my stepfather at the time and I thought it was a good idea because I had some problems with having keys lost and it just didn't make any sense. And I thought that if I could get into one place and isolate another set of keys that as long as I could get into the one spot, I'll always be able to get into both because if I can get into one, I can then access the other. And so I made the brilliant idea of taking my house keys and permanently leaving them in the truck and always carrying my truck keys. Hindsight, it makes sense because I wasn't going to be anywhere my truck wasn't going to be. If I had the keys to my truck, I could always get into the house. Makes perfect sense. Because if I'm inside the house, I don't need the keys to the house. And my truck keys are going to be right there next to me, either on my dresser or in my pocket. 100% of the time, there is no possibility that I was going to leave without my truck keys because I wouldn't be going anywhere. I lived at a place in Lakehurst slash Manchester where there was no bus service. And if I was going to go anywhere of significance, I would have to either take a three-mile hike or I'd be driving. And coming off of probably knee surgery, maybe only been a year later, I wasn't really going to be looking forward to walking anywhere. So, option one was my truck. And I kept those keys right with me for all of two months. I would go in the ha I would go in the truck. I would drive home. I would open up the door. I would go into my glove compartment, get the house keys, open up the house door, run back out to the truck, pop the house keys in the truck, lock the truck, go in the house, go about my business. Two months. Two months, and. It was going to be the rest of my life, no matter where I lived. I was going to constantly do that. Now, as being a mechanic that I am, I realized that there was a lot of flaws with the 85 Ford Ranger. Least of which were engine-based, but most of which that, retain, that pertain to this story were actually the locking mechanisms on the doors. Now, this Ranger that I had was two doors. And again, I mentioned that I had a cap on the back. So, with the cap down, and it was always locked, there was no way to access the sliding window on the inside, which goes into the cab, so that I could open the doors if I needed to. The only way I was really going to get in was through the doors. 
So that day inevitably came that Murphy spoke of. What could go wrong did go wrong. What's the worst case scenario? Well, if I have my truck keys with me and my house key is locked inside the truck, the only way that this whole scenario can go sideways is if I left the truck keys inside the house and locked the door. Therefore, the access to the house would be inside the truck, and the access to the truck would be inside the house. And wouldn't you know who won the prize? I was in a hurry to go nowhere. It was a day off. I had nothing better to do. I was just going to go to Seaside, go see my cousins, go to Grandma's house, something of that nature. And I just was on my way out. Came out of the shower, got dressed, walked out the front door, locked the door, closed the door. Took three steps, went to the truck. Uh-oh. I can't open the truck door. Wow. Stupid me left the house keys in the truck. So... I can't get back into the house either. So now my day is slightly ruined. As I stand there on the steps, in almost a dumbfounded, befuddled look on my face, thinking, how did I go wrong here? I mean, I always had my truck keys in my pocket. Except for the fact that I got out of the shower and I left my truck keys in a place that I didn't usually leave them. I put them on top of my TV. Back then, I still had one of those box TVs. It wasn't in the world of everybody having a flat screen. So the, the keys just sat right on top of the TV. And that's where they were. And so for an hour and a half, I sat there miserable, knowing that my mother and my stepfather were out. Unfortunately, it's been like 25 years. I can't remember where they were. But I knew that they weren't coming back anytime soon. And so I sat there. And I sat there. Now an hour and a half turned into two and a half hours. And I'm just miserable because I can't even just walk up the street to go to my aunt's house because they hadn't moved into those places yet. They were still in South Tom River several miles away. And I couldn't make that phone call to them because this is yet again in the era before mass cell phone use started to be popular. They were few and far between, and I hadn't gotten my hands on one yet. It would still be probably two, three years before I got a cell phone. <laughs> so I'm sitting there sweating because it's a warm day, and then it dawned on me. Whoa! I got it. I got it. Thank God this house that we lived in was one floor, and I can't, we didn't have air conditioning, and we had a lot of fans. And it just so happens that I never locked my door, my window, in my room. So I was able to walk around the side of the house, push open my window, move the screen out of the way, get back in the house, grab my truck keys, shut the window, close the door, 
unlock the front door, get the house keys out of the truck, put the house keys on the truck keychain where they stayed forevermore. Never, ever did I separate my vehicle keys from my house keys ever again from that day forth. It was a one-off, as they would say in wrestling. One time only. Just like college basketball, one and done. I've never been in a position where my house keys have been separated from my vehicle keys. And that's never going to happen again. Because there we go. That one possible scenario that could have happened, that of course I never foresaw being 19, did in fact happen. And so ends the story of me being dumb, leaving my house keys in the truck and my truck keys in the house. Moving on. Next story also happens to involve a vehicle and it was in more recent memory. It was 2018 and it was another one of those days. It was a beautiful day outside. Really nice. Probably around 80, 85. Temperature was great. Um, the wife was at work. It was my day off. The kids were in school or camp. I can't remember which one it was. I believe it may have been camp. Yeah, I think it was camp. Nevertheless, I was ready to do my workout because I had just dropped everybody off. So off to the gym I go. And I'm feeling really good today, that particular day. And I'm like, well, you know, I'm going to do my high rep work. Which would entail a set for, of, it would entail a um, leg press. I would do four sets of 50 reps at a light weight. Then I would do leg extensions. Four sets of anywhere between 25 and 35 then I would also do leg curls for the hamstrings, same number, somewhere between 25 and 35 reps. And calf raises, I would do somewhere in the neighborhood of 60 to 80 reps, usually be a higher weight because my calves were a point of interest and they still kind of are. And I like to focus on those. So I would do a heavier weight and I would just crank out 60 to 80 reps, four sets. Not to mention that before that, I was on the elliptical for a mile. So my legs were as taxed as they could possibly be. And they were pretty tired, beyond belief, because those kind of workouts, they take a lot of energy and they break down your muscle fibers really well and you're feeling really 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 exhausted to the point where you can barely do anything so as i sat down to do the ab machine which i was going to do four sets of 20 i started thinking man it's a really really nice day and i got nowhere to be except for home at this point in time i'm going to go take a walk around the pond the pond is about I think it was two-thirds of a mile to walk around it. And I figured that would certainly be an extra emphasis on what I've already done with this high rep leg work. 
and this was a brilliant plan. I thought that, yeah, I'll feel great. I can go ahead and do that, and then I can go home, get some rest for some time before I have to pick everybody up, take that shower and feel absolutely on point. And here I go. Mr. Murphy knocked on my door and said, hey, you know, we're going to figure this thing out a little bit. So, I drive the minivan to the pond, which is maybe two minutes away from the gym. Park, hit the alarm, take that walk. I'm going. I walk around that pond twice, and now my legs are just throbbing. I don't know what to do here. I'm just in agony. And I'm like, boy, I really did it. I did it. It was a tremendous workout. Proud of myself. Pat myself on the back. And then it happened. I go and I unlock the van. Hop inside. Put the key in the ignition. Turn it. Nothing. Nothing at all. I immediately go into mechanic mode and start to diagnose this vehicle. Now, mind you, this is a 2016 minivan that I'm driving. And one of the things that I know as a mechanic and that everybody should know, just in general, is that the life of a battery is somewhere between three and five years. After three years, you really need to keep an eye on your battery because at any time at that point, it can begin to lose charge and or just flat out die. And the pro tip as a mechanic, you can try to charge your battery all you want, but this day and age, the batteries that they make are not the ones they made 30 and 40 years ago that you could actually put on a charger and give that thing a whole new life nah because those batteries you could actually put some distilled water in charge it up and now your battery has a whole new life the batteries of today once they're dead they're dead it's over it's finito forget it you need a new one period end of story now this particular van, like I said, it was a 2015 or 16, 2016, not 2015. My car is 2016, my mistake. The van is 2015. And the year that this is all happening is 2018, which means that the battery is three years old. Now I pop the hood. I rub the, the little bit of the grease off of the battery to check the date. And sure enough, yeah, this is the original battery that came with the van from the factory. And that battery was a little over three years old. And of course, that was it. Battery is dead. Now, mind you, the gym from my house at the time was maybe two, three miles, not far, and then maybe it's three and a half miles from the park that I was currently standing at. 
Of course, this makes the situation so much more fun because now I had just done that high rep workout on my legs and I did a intense walk around this park. So my legs are absolutely frazzled. And now I'm in a position where I have to go and walk back to my house because that's where my toolbox is and that's where my other car is. Of course, I then make this walk of shame all the way home, get my tools, get my battery carrier, get my car. And as I'm on the way doing the walk of shame, I make a phone call to one of the guys that I used to talk to in one of the shops I worked at telling him that I'm going to need a battery. Can you give me a decent price? And sure enough, he gave me the shop discount and I was grateful for it. And I just told him it's going to be a little while because I got to walk home, blah, blah, blah. And so I get home. I get to the car because I know my legs are not going to be able to do this toll trip back and forth. And as I'm sitting in the car driving to go get the battery, it dawns on me. My wife's at work. I ain't got no one to drive this van or this car back. So, no matter how this ends, it's going to end with me walking back to the car. Walk to the va- or the van, whichever one I pick. I'm going to be walking back. That's a fact. So, I've already got in my mind that I realize that I'm going to have to do the same walk of shame that I made to go get the car in order to go pick up the battery. I'm going to have to make this walk of shame back to go pick up whichever vehicle I leave in the park because I can't drive them both back. (sighs) And so I go to the van, I put the battery in, it starts, I know what I'm doing. And I said, well, the van's been sitting here all day, so I'm going to drive the van home, which I did. Parked the van, and now I gotta make that walk of shame all the way back to the park to get the car. And I just was miserable. But it could have been so much worse. I could have been on 95. I could have been at my mother's house in New Jersey. I could have been a hundred other places. So this first world problem that I'm having at this particular moment on the scale of things not the worst but certainly not the best situation I'm going to turn the page on this particular chapter and move on to the next one alright I'm taking the time stone and I'm moving back to my young dumb days yet again this time it's back to that convenience store I worked in post being a manager there rather pre being a manager before I became a manager just your regular employee no over the top responsibilities at this point and I'm behind the counter this particular night everything's going normal it's about 8 30 9 o'clock we were getting our last rush of the evening And it just so happens that this particular rush was capped off by 
a church service had been going on nearby and a lot of the people had finished up and they were coming in to get something to eat, get some coffee, and then they were going to be on their way home. My mind was thinking, okay, I'm almost done for the night. I can't wait for this thing to be over and I'm ready to go. And here comes a gentleman. And that's the only way I can describe this man. Clearly came back from one of those church services wearing a suit that's probably more expensive than two of the suits that I've ever owned combined. And he's standing at the deli. And at this particular point, we didn't have the ability to wait on the orders for people using a touchscreen. This is old school. They had to tell us what they wanted and we had to write it down. And then we made it. This gentleman didn't want anything that I could make. He wanted a pre-made sandwich. He happened to have picked up one of the wraps that we had. Now, the food service mentality is you keep hot food hot and you keep cold food cold, especially if it's in the store. The general theme is you want to keep it that way. You don't want to take something that came out of the cold case and heat it up because you can't be sure that the temperature is going to remain consistent. And at the same time, at this particular establishment, we used to do a thing called quick chill, which was we would take stuff that was on our steam table that was sitting at 160 degrees, 170 degrees, and if it wasn't finished after a uh, eight-hour hold time, we could take it away and we could put it and cool it, put it in the freezer or in the refrigerator. And it would be able to stay there for 24 hours in that state in only to be brought back the next day. And it would be put back in the steam table for the period of time remaining that it had on its original intended eight hours. Example, pull a soup out that was maybe halfway used but it had been on the steam table for five hours. We could put that soup in the refrigerator, bring it back the next day and use it for three more hours. That's the way we used to be able to do it. This gentleman wanted a wrap, which was a sandwich that was never intended to be warmed up. It was always supposed to be served cold. It had a sauce on it that was supposed to remain cold at approximately 38 degrees. That's the way we sold it, that's the way it was intended to be sold, and that's the way it was meant to be. This gentleman had walked over to me and he put his soda on the counter in front of me and then he put his wrap in front of me and he said, um, I would like you to heat this up for me. And I told him, well, we don't do that. That's not what we do. It's supposed to be served cold. And in a less than gentlemanly, just came out of church tone, he said, but I want to heat it up. 
And I looked at him, and I'm thinking to myself, the time is almost over. I've never met this guy before. And the young guy that I was was really thinking to myself, you know what? I don't care if this guy gets sick. I'm going to do it for him. Put it in a microwave. I go to walk back. And then I turn, as I'm turning to the microwave, I hear a splashing sound. And the gentleman just runs out of the store. And I'm like, what the heck is going on here? This guy just told me to microwave this wrap. And he left his soda on the counter. He spilled his soda and then he's going to leave. I'm thinking, what a jerk. Now i got to throw this wrap away because I just heated it up, which just made it completely ruined, so it's now nothing but trash. And now i got to go clean up this soda that this guy had. And I'm just really, really, really upset about this. Now, mind you, at this particular convenience store, I wasn't really paying attention to what the soda looked like. We had clear containers, so you could literally see what was inside the cup. And I wasn't really happy about the fact that this guy would talk to me and the way he did and he asked for this request that didn't really make a whole lot of sense to me and or to anyone else in the establishment. So I was glad he was gone, at least. Maybe a minute and a half after this thing is in the microwave, I pull it out. I'm just about to throw it in the trash. A lady comes up and she's standing in the same spot where the well, around the same spot that that gentleman was at. And he says, she says, um, can I get that wrap that my, I can't remember what she called him, um, had, had, had ordered. And I'm like, oh, okay, here, take it. There you go. And then I'm still upset because now it's like nine o'clock and I now have to clean up this soda that this guy spilled. And then it occurred to me, as I'm going to get the mop, and I'm looking down, and it's like yellow, and I'm like, oh, man, this guy spilled this Mountain Dew all over the place. It's going to be sticky, and it's going to be a problem. And then it hit me. About a year and a half before this, we had switched our soda machine company from being Pepsi to cook which meant that there was no Mountain Dew inside the soda machine and then as my mind started going back I remember that I did actually take a glance at the soda that he had in his cup and it was in fact brown which meant that the Mountain Dew that was on the floor wasn't Mountain Dew this guy peed on himself and peed on himself a lot so much that it just splattered all over the floor it was almost like he just couldn't hold it at all and it was like a water balloon splatting on the ground all pee on the floor and I now begin to smell it a little bit as I'm cleaning it up, and I'm like, oh my goodness. Just when I thought it couldn't get any worse, there it was. The guy who asked for this rap, who was really being a pain, 
just peed on himself. Of course, being the kid that I was, I took a little bit of pleasure in that. But hindsight being 2020, apparently he must have had some sort of bladder issue. And now I've got to clean up this guy's pee. <sighs> if there was a memory that I could certainly say that I wish I could have a hole drilled into my brain and sucked out, the fact that I had to clean up some guy's pee that was on the floor, I really wish that I could have eliminated that memory. And boy, oh boy, that's one that I wish I could forget, and I don't think I ever will. And on that note, I'm absolutely going to ring the bell on the main event and close the book on chapter four of story. Until next time, ding, ding, ding. Okay, it's time for the spear of the week. Again, I'm going to take that time stone or rewind a whole lot and go back to the story of the guy who peed on the floor at the convenience store. This guy was a jerk. Granted, he may have had some sort of problem, but that doesn't change the fact that he was definitely someone who's not over-the-top deserving of a spear, and I believe he is. So I would certainly have given him a spear right through him, avoiding myself and having him land in his own pee. That's the way I would react to that. Think of me poorly. Don't. This guy, without a doubt, deserved the spear of the week. If I could rewind, I would definitely find him and give him that spear. And this has been a very personal spear of the week. Okay, ladies and gentlemen. Chapter 4 of Story is over. I can certainly say that those stories were fascinating to me. I rethink them and I realize how dumb some of the things I did was, and that there is certainly a way that you have avoided most of those situations. Only a few of them. Realistically, as a mechanic, I should have been looking at that battery a little bit closer, knowing that the time was on its way up. Wasn't paying attention to that hourglass that was just about empty. My own fault. Gotta keep better attention to that. And that should be a lesson to all of you. Pro tip, once again. Check your battery. If it's been in your car for three years, keep an eye on it. Because the life of a battery is somewhere between three and five years. Make sure you keep that in mind. But, now that we're talking about the next episode, we're going to leave that book closed until the next time. And I've decided to go to a subject that's <sighs> frustrating at best. Everybody knows that there's food items and things that are produced that you just loved and you thought it was one of the greatest things that they have ever come up with. And then the company as a whole decides that it wasn't to their advantage to continue to make those items and so they discontinue them. I have a host of things that I wish had stuck around to this day but they're gone. But to make this a more interesting subject, 
some of those amazing things that I liked that have disappeared in the last handful of years have made a resurgence and have come back for a short time to just have sort of a a retro active sort of remember this we're going to let you see it we're going to tease you with it because it's been gone for so long that most people forgot about it and we're going to let you know that yeah we still know how to make it and we're going to let you have it for just a little bit longer but it's going to disappear again so don't get too used to it so these particular items they fascinate me i love that they've that they brought a few of these things back some of these things are staying the rest are going to just simply be going back to the lore and legend and you can only remember what they were so join me next week for items that have left but have come back and some of them are going to leave again unfortunately <sighs> so was life you know what they say give me my flowers or i'm alive you know so just take them while it's there on that note hit me up as always on instagram philip henderson 5102 twitter at pissed phil two l's two l's i enjoyed talking about those stories i think i'm gonna enjoy uh, i ain't gonna lie to you i'm gonna be a little frustrated thinking about the items that i wish that they had brought back and just kept but they decided to discontinue and then tease us for a little while and i mean a little while Ugh, it's frustrating i'm almost starting a whole podcast right this minute but i know i can't this particular show is coming to an end that's going to be another show and i can't wait for it so i'm going to give you the words of wisdom and then i'm going to adjourn this session here we go these words of wisdom are going to go directly to everyone out there and they don't apply to the guy who peed on himself in the convenience store in fact he was dressed incredibly well over the top well so a lot of people do not resemble this remark including the guy who peed on himself but some people do and to those people you know who you are i'm one of them the words of wisdom are your closet has been stocked by a blind man who went shopping during who went on a shopping spree during a power outage. Yeah, let that sink in. Your closet has been stocked by a blind man who went on a shopping spree during a power outage. And speaking of outages, this show is about to shut down itself. My name is Phil, and you've been listening to the Lib.